I give all I have, and God will bless me with stuff. Prosperity! Yay! You're listening to Return to Gilead, a fan podcast for Down Gilead Lane. By two new, but good, fans of the show. I'm Michael LaFaver. I'm Ryan Matlock. And today we're reviewing 6-8, No Good Thing, by Beth Culp. Episode 79, on our return to Gilead. That's the closest you're going to get to that reference. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. The guitar riff in the recap was dope. That that Can was. Can we agree on that? That was the Secrets of Grace music. Yeah. Which I will then play under us talking right now. Ooh. Yeah, so you get to enjoy this again. I loved arranging this for piano, and I'm even trying to get somebody to arrange it for guitar, too. So that'll be cool. Like, from guitar to piano to guitar, it's kind of a... Fun cycle. It comes full circle. (laughs) Here's the summary for this episode. After reading Psalm 84, Haley decides to put scripture into action by donating her clothes to Tiffany's new clothing drive. And when we say donating her clothes, we mean all of her clothes except for, like, the clothes on her back. (laughs) Best line in this entire episode. (laughs) I don't have any clothes left in my closet. And John cracks up. It's so funny. Dad, I don't have any clothes left in my closet. Now, this is a very interesting case because Tiffany really doesn't have a a storyline or like a plot line in this episode. She is here to serve Haley's point of view. And we'll get a little bit more of Tiffany in the later episodes. Still not a lot. But going from what we were talking about with Tiffany last episode, she's looking for a way to bring her fulfillment. And she tries to find that in preparing for this clothing drive. And we start off in the first scene when Becca and Brooke are getting out of school and or getting out of class. And Tiffany comes by and she starts to put up a banner and they they see like, oh, like help the kids or something like that. What's going on with that? And she puts it, she's starting to put it across Brooke and Becca's lockers. And they're like, oh, why don't you put it on the other wall? She's like, nobody will see it. And, and Becca goes, well, do it if you want, but I might accidentally tear it if I open up my locker, which is a great response. It's not, don't put that there. It's just, okay, but this is what's going to happen if you put it there. Yes. I, I like how they're destroying Tiffany with facts and logic rather than... <laughs> Rather than retorts. So it's it's fun. <laughs> Tiffany owned by facts and logic bite <laughs> by two high schoolers. I kind of disagree that Tiffany doesn't have any story here or that, that her her story is meant to serve Haley's. I think okay. that they work in. Ta- it's not that hers exists purely for Haley so much as they are two contrasts. Hmm. Um, well, because the last are, scene with her it, is her leading the drive, right? Well, yes, it's her leading the drive, but also she kind of comes to the conclusion of her, I guess the conclusion of where she's at in this episode is that she's like, well, but I'm going to get more clothes. And it's sort of an interesting way to end it for her, because Mm -hmm. if that's like her last thing that she says is like, yeah, I'm running this clothes drive and it's going to make me happy, but I'm also going to get an entirely new wardrobe. Well, we as the audience know, she's still on the path to nothing satisfies like this clothing drive. If she is getting rid of most of the clothes in her closet, then if this clothing drive made her happy, she wouldn't need more clothes. But the fact that she's like, yay, onto the next thing shows that this is truly fruitless. And that Mm -hmm. to, to that extent, we don't even need Haley to show the contrast because we've already seen the failure of her plan. Um, But then when we see Haley's, contrast it's even more it's even more meaningful we don't get a contrast we get a comparison she's doing well that's true yeah yes maya is fantastic in this episode because we she sees how tiffany's acting 
and then she goes to Haley and I was honestly thinking of you, Ryan, when Maya was talking with Haley. She doesn't mince words. She says what she needs to say in love, exactly what Haley needs to say. And like, you've done that with this podcast quite a fair bit where you're like, you know what? I have this opinion. I'm going to present it this way. Maya does that with, with Haley where she goes, you know, you're kind of acting like Tiffany because Tiffany wants this and you also want this. Well, doesn't the Bible say this? And shouldn't your focus be on this instead? And it leads Haley to a, a sort of a, sort of a reckoning on why she's been acting that way. And mm-hmm. she's she's better for it by the end of the episode because Maya stepped in and said that. And if Maya hadn't said that to Haley, who knows how much longer it would have taken Haley to come to that realization. But way to go. Yes. Way to go on Maya's part. Yes. And thank you. I, I'll take that as a very deep compliment. Yeah. No, that, no problem. That comparison. I'll leave it to the audience to... to like remember that on on this podcast at least, but I know in conversations we have we've had like even apart from that, uh, that's been how it's presented. So yeah, thanks Ryan. Thank you. I also cre- appreciate. That I think that the lesson we can all derive from this is if you ever ask something about a Bible verse, and the person you're talking to gets interrupted, <laughs> don't take any action based on that Bible verse because <laughs> it was probably really important whatever they were about to say. <laughs> Yeah, because Mary's about to explain it, and then <laughs> she gets interrupted by everyone, everyone coming in, and she doesn't get to re or actually explain it, and so Haley gets half of the information she needs, and that's honestly, like I kind of alluded to in the haiku, that is something that I sort of implicitly believed for a while because of some prosperity word of faith teaching that had infiltrated my thought process uh-huh. when I was when I was younger. It was like. Um, if we like, if we tithe, then we will be blessed. We won't, we won't struggle financially. Really? Is that what the Bible says? Because I don't think so. No. When John presents it, we'll we'll talk about this later. The clip of the day is John talking with Haley, and it's very it's presented like those good things are the presence of God and His mercies. Very clear from the context. I don't know if clothes or money are a good thing, and God may give that to you, but that is not what that verse means. And John does a great job uh-huh. at not, I mean, we'll talk about it. John does a great job at not forcing Haley to that conclusion, but just letting her read scripture for herself and realize, oh, yeah, that's not what that means. I will say there's yes. a nice little bit of poetic justice, uh, but in the good, in a good way, Haley turns from her prior way of thinking and uh, sort of like repents of the way that she had been approaching things and then she gets a really nice outfit from Brooke and so to a certain extent she sought to honor God in the way that she acted and she did get a good thing from it. Oh, it just wasn't the thing that she was expecting and I think more than that she actually had a, a good new relationship or a new understanding with Brooke on how each other approaches like their clothes because we get a little comment from Haley that of course your mirror is behind your door because Brooke's not vain. (laughs) Brooke's not always thinking about her appearance. That's a nice contrast. And also that Brooke just- Nice detail. Brooke happily gives up her cardigan for her. And whereas Mm -hmm. Haley had been saying like, I I never wanted to be in your old hand-me-downs. And like, this is the only cool thing you own. It's also something from. <laughs> That's such a, it's such a funny line. She's like, this is the only cool thing you own. Well, thanks. That really brought down the mood. Yeah, yeah. It's it's good. And even though I think I mentioned last time that in this episode the plot is kind of wrapped up by the time we get to that scene, it's not like that final that final scene contributes heavily to the plot. Like we're in suspense. It's a nice epilogue to everything. And like you said, the uh-huh. the good poetic justice. 
Um, because we also learned a little bit about John that he was in what he was in uh overseas, like he was in Europe or something like that, and his grandma got it or his his mom got it. I I'd forget the family ties there, but yeah. It's that's a nice little backstory for this cardigan. Along I like with cardigans. the khakis. Do you want to talk about how Monica and Tiffany racially profile the Donners? What? Or like I don't know of another way to read this other than racism, honestly. And that's I think I missed that line. So what happened? The Donners walk into the Sunrise Grill and Monica and Tiffany know that they've just moved in, but we don't really know where they've moved from. I don't think we've had an indication of that. So they they see the Donners. They're like, oh, we need to know what it's like coming from a poor people's place. And I'm like, okay, so why did you think they were from there? Just because they're from the city? Well, they could have been from the rich part of the city. Oh, but they're black. So they're probably thinking they're from the poor part of the city. And that's what I thought that this episode was implying. I'd be happy to think that's not. It's still bad. If they weren't implying that, I'm not saying the episode is bad. I'm saying it just shows how terrible the the Richters are, but it would make sense if they implicitly had that stereotype for them or had that thought of like, oh, this is where they're from. I think it's even worse to a certain extent. (laughs) Okay. It's very subtle, but even in prior episodes, there's points where the way that the Richters talk about the... Donners sounds a bit racially profiling slash possibly just flat out racist. Mm-hmm. Like they'll call Anthony Donner that boy, mm-hmm. and it sort yeah. it sort of seems like a way to demean. Uh, sort of like we're we're not even mm-hmm. gonna call. He doesn't deserve a name. I don't want to ascribe to racism something that could be ascribed to just general malice. So I'm fully okay to say the Richters are just calling him like that boy because they don't want to even acknowledge that Anthony Donner exists or they're saying he's from the city just because uh, like they want to assume that he's, you know, poor and stuff. But I think it works. But do they ever talk about someone else like that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So that's why. Like like I've never heard them refer to say Haley as that girl. Right. Well, she's always been there. Timmy is that boy. I mean, you could argue that the Donners are also new to town, and so and they also have like something out against him because he's competing with Caleb for that spot on the team, and, and like all that to say, in in normal life, in something other than Gilead, where we're analyzing a an antagonist's point of view, I would be okay. Like I would be open to considering any other option before jumping to racism. And I'm not trying to be like, oh yes, let's. No, jump no, that's to fine. It. I, I, I didn't By go there. Means. So, it's, it's, yeah. it's just a theory. Of and racist I, theory? Of racism theory? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> but it's just yeah. It's just like a, huh, there's a few blocks here that seem out of place. Yeah, well. Hmm. And then we move on. Yeah, so let's let's move on from that. Just, just to say, um, Richters are generally not good, and they may be worse than you think they are. <laughs> the Richter iceberg. How far does it go? <laughs> I never understand those videos. So right. <laughs> one of us. Oh, and also we get the continued. Sally has it out for Monica in this episode because she's looking <laughs> at her even salad. Wash the salad. And Maya's like, I think it's fine. And Tiffany goes, You would, which is also a line from. Isn't it from? I think it's from the previous episode where Luke goes like, I actually uh, yeah, enjoy bowling. And she says it about something. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, you want to listen to the clip of the day? I would love to. Okay. Especially if it has to do with what we're talking about. That sounds funny. It's not directly what we're talking about, but it, it is pivoting a little bit, I will say. So let me preface this by saying I would love to hear the Bible narrated by Roger Mueller, preferably as the voice of John Morrison and not Nikolai Carpathia, but you know. Wait. Wait, is that the same voice actor? You didn't know this? Yes. Yes, John oh, Morrison is gross. Nikolai Carpathia. No. <laughs> See, I no. heard Left Behind before I heard Down Gilead Lane. Are they similar? <laughs> in, he does the same in voice? In John's first episode, he has the slightest hint of an accent. <laughs> and Nikolai Carpathia is like, yes. I can't even do the voice because I don't even... <laughs> I'm so bad at remembering <laughs> like, random quotes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm very uncomfortable now. Roger Mueller, please come on the Don't podcast. Don't that I ever want to listen to those now. <laughs> I love Left Behind, by the way. But, you know, if you don't want John Morrison ruined for you, just be prepared going into it. It's fine. Yeah, I'll just read the books. I'm good. <laughs> You're missing out. Okay, clip, clip. Yeah. Here, here, hand me the Bible, please. Okay. Psalm 84. Yeah, now if I remember correct, yeah, there it is. All right, now listen to how David began when he wrote this, all right? How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord God Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Hmm. Now, what do you think of that? It's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's and yeah that scene was so so good I was thinking of something that stood out to me in this episode and that was really the only part that did I love how John handles this situation Haley's crying Yes, he comes in he doesn't really know what's going on he's trying to anticipate oh so if you're kind of upset that you gave all your stuff away you know we're really proud of you for that and then he realizes oh this is something I wasn't really prepared for walking into this room okay okay well let's let's all calm down Let's open up scripture and let's go to God first on this in a way is kind of what he's saying. And I love how he may not have all the answers instantly, but just by reading scripture, just by giving her the context, that's really what solves the issue here. Also, I'm very much with you on that. I do want the Bible narrated by uh, (laughs) Roger Mueller. Roger Mueller. Roger Mueller. Mueller. That sounds very soothing, Mm -hmm. like the sort of thing that would put anyone to sleep in a comforting mm. way. Yeah. But yes, the scene is good. There is a line earlier in the show uh, that is, or earlier in this episode specifically, that has stuck with me. I kind of forgot about it. But as soon as I heard it, I thought, oh yeah, I had a crazy reaction to this. What well, Kind of one of the reasons I wanted to start the podcast, I think, back before I even knew that I wanted to do this. Luke says, hey, Brooke, are you picking the cocoa beans too? Or something like that. When Brooke is in the kitchen. And when I heard that, everything raced through my head of, oh, okay, so Beth Culp is the writer of this series. She's done a good job so far at building up the story of Grace for the first four seasons. Now we're at sort of a a flat level that kind of goes up and down as far as quality or episodes I want to listen to. It's never bad. It's building on all the great original stories. And so you've got a scene where the characters are just talking to themselves. And I think, okay, we've had this before. What is new about this scene? Well, the reason is that it's self-aware. 
Beth knows that the scene is going long and that they're just all standing around talking and that Brooke's been gone for a while. So she says, let's acknowledge that and just has Luke speak up and give a self-aware line like, hey, this is going on for a while. Kind of like how the, the Morrisons are saying to Maya when they're walking through a house. Man, it's taking a long time to get to your kitchen because the dialogue right. is going for that long. And for this one, yes. that is exactly at the instant. I think I remember where I was. I think like I was on my bike somewhere around Liberty. I was listening to this line. And I thought, man, it's been a while since we've heard from Brooke. What's she doing in there? And then Luke says the picking the cocoa beans line. And I thought, oh, this is genius. I love this directing. Yes. It's great pacing. I feel like you said this. Right after you heard the episode, like the first time you listened through it, because I feel like I've had this conversation. And I texted it to you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I was probably (laughs) ranting about this at at some point. Because I I think you were like, because I I was listening to the scene and I was like, I feel like, didn't we review this like several, (laughs) several months ago? And I was like, no, no, no. This was the first time that he listened through it. He told me to go listen to it, and I did. So that's why this episode sticks out in my mind is because oh, I it, did tell you it to was just to as impactful to him the first time he listened to it as it is now. <laughs> hey, this is Editing Michael just coming in with a quick tidbit. The text I actually sent to Ryan was on December 3rd, and it was about the fact that the hot chocolate was homemade. And so I was thinking, wait, homemade? Is Brooke grinding the cocoa beans? And then we get Luke's line. So it's a little bit different than how I presented it in the recording of this podcast, but you get the idea. I still love this episode. I really am a new but avid fan of the show. Everything is just right there on my brain. And I kind of wish that I would have not known the full series before going into this, but it is nice to know how everything ends up. Now that would have been a twist, like (laughs) by two new but avid fans of the show and Michael doesn't know what's going on. I'm (laughs) I don't know who dies. Multiple people do. Anyway, going on from that, is there anything else we wanted to mention from this episode? Uh, never the Nikolai Caprithia thing again. Really? But otherwise, no. I, I think that all pretty much sums it up. It's, it was a good episode. I enjoyed it. Do, should, do you think I should actually not include that clip because it'll scare people? Uh. This was a horrible, tragic end to two otherwise extravagantly productive lives. What compelled Mr. Stonegall to rush the guard, disarm him, take his own life, and that of his British colleague, I do not know. So, besides that, which has nothing to do with this episode, except that it's uh, Roger Mueller, uh, pun rating, Ryan? Yes, the pun rating for this episode, I'm going to have to put it at maybe a solid... um, Two? It's like a five out of ten? How is that a pun? I'd say... Okay, it's just a so direct reference. It's right? I'm putting it at five out of ten because I can stretch it to make it a pun. So there's no good thing, which is the thing from the Bible. So uh-huh. that's just a direct quote. But then also, no good thing comes of Tiffany's efforts. Oh, haha. <laughs> and also, you could consider Tiffany to be no a no good thing if you considered her a thing. Technically, everything is a thing, right? Um, everything yeah um <laughs> okay yep that's about it so maybe even it should be like a three out of ten you but don't it's a fine it's a fine the title no good thing title <laughs> you don't you were waiting weren't you <laughs> yes <laughs> the whole review i was trying to find a place to put it <laughs> same <laughs> Thank you.
Well, looky here. We have another iTunes review or Apple Podcast review because it's not iTunes anymore. Fan uh, mail? Yeah, this time it comes from Canada. Uh, Emily White left us a uh, Apple Podcast review. Longtime fan of the podcast. Been on a couple times from different voice messages she sent in. She says, I'm loving the journey. This is a great podcast analyzing DGL. I don't have anybody in my life I can talk about the show with because I'm the only one in my family who has listened to all of the seasons. It's great to be able to listen to Michael and Ryan's conversations about the episodes, and I love being connected with other fans of the show through this podcast. The interviews are really cool, too. Keep up the good work, Michael and Ryan. Thank you so much, Emily. We really appreciate you leaving a review. You're, yeah. a, you're a great fan, so thanks for all you do for us. On another note, have you ever considered kidnapping somebody, tying them to a chair, and forcing them to listen to the audio drama so that you have someone to share it with? I mean, you won't have to do that because Gilead is that good, but if push comes to shove, yeah, get on it. What are you doing? <laughs> Why haven't you kidnapped someone? <laughs> Thank you, Return Emily. to Gilead does not endorse the kidnapping of people. That is a felony. <laughs> Fair. Um, so, <laughs> anyway, if you want to leave your own Apple podcast review, you can do so through iTunes, I believe is the way you can do that. Uh, find the podcast, type up your review, and send it to us. And if it's in another country besides the United States, let us know where you left it, and we'll read it on the podcast. As well, we also have a message from Jeremy Levy. Yay! He says, I have been a big fan of your podcast for a couple of years, back when Michael started AIO Audio News. I have followed his work from AIO Audio News to the Odyssey Scoop to Odyssey Geek, and now to return to Gilead Podcast. I really miss his posts on AIO Audio News, and I also miss his podcast on the Odyssey Scoop as well. When will more episodes be coming out with these shows? I'm going to be starting my own podcast called Jeremy's Journey. I would love to be involved with some of your reviews. Well, hi, Jeremy. I'm sorry that the first time I've actually responded to one of your emails to me has been through this feedback. Um, I'm looking at an email that you sent to me like five months ago that I still haven't responded to. My (laughs) sincere apologies, my dude. Um, Yeah, it's things have been on hold because of Return to Gilead and because of college, summer camp, things like that. I've got a lot of projects I'd love to do. I'll respond to that email that you sent me and we'll we'll start talking about your (laughs) podcast because that actually sounds cool. Uh, but thanks for being yeah. a listener to, Re- to Return to Gilead. I'm, I'm glad you like my work. And uh, hope you're not leaving Ryan out, too, because, you know, he's on all of those other podcasts, too. And he uh, he does a great job, too. Oh, well, thanks. I don't know if I do a good job, but, you know, he, he does a good job. Oh, you do a good job, Michael. You all, We all know you do a good job. Do I, though? I leave in bloopers. Yes. Let's, <laughs> let's stop. I don't want to talk about myself. Let's go to the raps. Well... That's the end of another chaotic review. You know, these are really fun for the two of us, but I have no idea if they're actually fun for you to listen to. So if you like hearing us going back and forth and picking on each other the whole review, Anchor. let us know Anchor. at returntogilead.com. Nope, that's, that's a voice message one. You can let us know at returntogilead.com. There'll be ways to email us or send in a voice message or just get in contact with us otherwise. Uh, you can go there and leave your thoughts and let us know what to do and what not to do for a future review. There's also Anchor, Anchor. Dot .fm, dot .fm, slash return to Gilead, slash return to Gilead, where you can leave a voice message, voice message. I mean, you, you could even make it echo, echo. You're just lucky I don't know how to do a proper echo in Audacity. But you don't? I, I can't. If you can do it, then maybe next time. But next time, what episode are we going to be reviewing? We're going to be doing, I don't know, I didn't prep that. <laughs> this is going to be episode 80. Fair warning when things are starting to ratchet up around Coleraine. So we will see, uh... Oh! I totally forgot. Real quick, Caleb doesn't appear in this episode. What? 
Oh, you're right. Okay, that's it. I'm Michael. I'm Ryan. Thanks so much for joining us. And we'll see you next time as we once again return to Gillian. I'm guessing Phil Fisher as Bob Tomato has. I mean, Phil has <laughs> well, so many voices. You can voices, choose any of the but... VeggieTales characters. It's like Mr. <laughs> Lunt. <laughs> in the beginning was the heavens and the earth. I, Jean-Claude, in the beginning was the heavens and the earth. <laughs> That's not even the verse. I don't know why I said that. In the oh, beginning yeah. was, was the... the... <laughs> in, the... In... in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. What is this episode?